Hello, everybody. This is the Friendly Bear Podcast, where we interview some of the best and brightest traders in the trading community. Listen to inspiring stories and nuggets of insight from current and future game changers in the trading space. Listen and learn as we explore all types of trading niches with some of the best in the industry from a Friendly Bear point of view. Make sure to check out the Friendly Bear Podcast new YouTube channel called Friendly Bear Research, which includes all the podcast video content and supplemental screen shares. If you enjoy the podcast, please consider leaving a five-star review on iTunes. With that being said, I'm your host, David, a.k.a. Reverse Long, and this is the Friendly Bear Podcast. Let's dive in. What's up, guys? This is David, a.k.a. Reverse Long. Today, I got Justin Robertson back at the podcast. He's um uh, runs a, a Butwoodja crypto community, and I've learned all of my crypto stuff through him. Um, and now we got the Sam Bankman Freed. FTX saga happening, and uh, I reached out to, to Justin to explain what's going on. And it just so happens that he was in the Bahamas. Is that is that right? Yeah, man. Yeah. I had to get to the. I had to get to work. I had to find out where they're at. So you went. You did. You pulled a David over there. Like when I went to Colombia, you went to the Bahamas. <laughs> Dude, I learned a lot from you. You know, I, I really take value in what you do. I was like, okay, this is how it gets done. <laughs> All right. So so tell us. Okay. So. What I understand of this whole thing, by the way, like I see some really crazy videos like of joking around and memes and stuff popping up. I don't know what to think. I know like it's just a pretty sketchy thing that happened. And now this guy's on an airplane to Argentina, I think. And there's a bunch of weird stuff going on with like his him and his girlfriend coming out, the the nerdy chick. And uh, yeah, what's what's going on, man? What, what t- can you break it down? You're really good at explaining. So, yeah, maybe... You can break it down. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, so I apologize to everybody. I'm at the airport. I'm traveling. My AirPods aren't syncing up, so a little difficult. But bear with me. I'll try to do my best. So basically, obviously, Sam Bankman-Fried runs FTX, which is a crypto exchange, was like in the top five largest crypto exchanges. Um, and it came to light. There was rumors going around on Twitter that FTX was going insolvent, and which seemed really weird because SBF, uh, F- SBF and FTX get them confused, but so Sam Bankman Freed was continually going out buying companies, um, doing a lot of branding. Obviously, he did the uh, Miami Arena, and they rebranded to become the FTX Arena. Racetracks for the MLB, all the umpires had FTXs on their logo. So to hear that they were going insolvent seemed pretty strange. So at first, it was kind of just Twitter rumblings, but that was on November sixth. Um, I went into my Discord. I told, I warned everybody, said, "Hey, if you have funds on." Uh, FTX, you should move them, move them to cold storage like we did previously with, uh, with your ledger, David. Yeah, and that's true. I tried to give everyone a heads up just because, you know, the crypto space is crazy, right? You hear something, you're like, ah, oh, probably not. And then all of a sudden, you don't want to get screwed, right? So it's much better to, uh, you know, be safe than sorry. And unfortunately, a lot of people woke up two days later after the six feeling very sorry. Um, and Sam Bankman Freed, supposedly, you know, allegedly, right? He was using customer deposits. The big story, the big story is he was using customer deposits to lever up, right? So if David uh, puts in $100 onto FTX and then I put in $100 and, you know, all of our friends put in $100, FTX was taking those funds and going to use them in different high leverage situations. And so it's one of those things. Once the first domino starts to tip over, you know, the other ones start coming, tumbling down. The story actually is much, much bigger than that. Um Sam Bankman Fried has donated over $60 million, I think, to the uh, to different political campaigns. And so he's seen to be kind of in the pockets of some of these politicians. 
a lot of these new news articles and media articles that are out right now are kind of still painting him in a good light as if he didn't do anything wrong. But obviously, if you're depositing your funds, if you're using customers' deposits to make leverage risky bets or even use them at all, right? You shouldn't be doing that at all. Um, then there's, there's where there's smoke, there's fire. So there's still a lot that's been coming out. Um, as far as his uh, CEO, so a quick little more backstory on that. So Sam Bankman-Fried used to run a hedge fund called Alameda. He's left the hedge fund Alameda to go start FTX, the crypto exchange. So he was technically running both of those for a little while. The head of that uh, hedge fund, as well as the president, uh, CEO of FTX, the crypto exchange, which clearly there's a uh, conflict of interest there, right? Because you can't, you can't really do both. And so FTX was loan, uh, loaning out customer deposits to Alameda for Alameda to go make those investments. And so that's really like was the gist of it. Where it gets a little bit deeper is that F, uh, Sam Beckman-Fried went to MIT. The CEO of his uh, Alameda hedge fund he promoted when he left was, um, I think her name was Carolyn, Caroline. You guys have to double check me in the comments for the name. But basically, her father was a department head at MIT where, who worked under her, her father? Gary Gensler. And so you have Gary Gensler working at MIT, where Sam Bankman Fried went to college and his girlfriend became the CEO of his hedge fund. So it's like a weird kind of circle where it's like, OK, like, how are you guys all in the mix? When you combine that with the uh, political campaign donations and a lot of the uh, media presence that's been put out about him, it's really starting to paint like a, a crazy, crazy picture. I see. And um, I saw on online like he was doing like interviews on DMs. And he's saying how like regulators uh, need to, you know, the people deserve better regulators. But then he's like screwing every. I mean, he just, I mean, look what happened. He lost billions of dollars of people's funds. So he's he's trying to shift the. I mean, at first glance, it looks like he's trying to shift the attention towards reg, something else, you, you know. And um, and he's flying to Argentina. What's that about? Like, is he really? They were tracking his airplane. He's going to Argentina. Yeah. So. I, I don't think that was confirmed. It was it was suspected that him and Caroline um, flew to Argentina or they were looking to fly somewhere where there was no extradition because um, obviously they're doing a lot of legal shit. But I, I, I haven't confirmed that, so I'm not too sure. The last I checked, he was being detained, which who knows how true that is, but he was being detained in the Bahamas, right? So he wasn't like they took his passport. He wasn't allowed to leave that country, but um, that's still kind of up in the air. So I've been traveling. I went to I went there. I tried to check it out. Uh, didn't come out the best. I didn't really find out anything. So more so just had a nice trip to the Bahamas, but it's, it's pretty interesting. Gotcha. And, uh, okay. So what's the backstory on like, when I first heard of Sam Bankman freed a few years ago, he was like living in Hong Kong or something. That's the first time I ever heard of him. And I was like, and I was shorting Chinese stocks. I was like, man, that's kind of sketch. This guy, he goes from Berkeley to, to Hong Kong. Like, what's he doing? Over there? And then like, you know, I guess he's, you know, he's running FTX out of there. Then he moved to the bahamas so what's what's that about what's this like and then also like tom brady had like 650 million dollars worth of crypto and and all that and like they made videos together what's what's all this uh crazy like that part about it so my bad uh speakers were going crazy could you type the question in the chat or just say it one more time i I really couldn't hear oh yeah can can you hear me you you hear me now yeah more or less um yeah, so like the backstory of the SBF's uh, connection with China and then moving to the Bahamas is and um, 
also about like Tom Brady making videos of Sam Bankman Freed and him like walking out when he mentions TikTok and like I don't know. It, they were probably doing it as a joke at the time, but like now in hindsight, it just seems so crazy. Yeah, like little stuff like that. So Sam has like a big relationship. I mean, he was running a pretty large uh, hedge fund. Like Alameda Capital was known, like very well known in the crypto space. Um, the he was trying to bring FTX to the U.S. So there is an FTX U.S., which he also said had no contagion risk to the regular FTX, which obviously wasn't true. They now have uh, halted deposits as well. Um, and so. I guess he was always kind of doing things a little shady, a little under the radar, right? Or, you know, kind of skirting those guidelines. And he was trying to cozy up to these politicians to kind of um, get an advantage in that sense. I don't, I'm not too sure of his like direct relationship with China, but the one person he was working with, um, CZ. So CZ is the CEO of Binance. And so Binance was going to come in and kind of save FTX and uh, FTX and buy them out, um, kind of take over that business. But once uh, CZ saw kind of under the hood of everything that was going on, like they completely backed out. So I'm not too sure where where they stand now. Um, so it's still kind of it's still kind of up in the air. We have some more digging to do. Uh, okay. The thing about time, Brady. Oh, sorry. Good. No, no. Yeah. So so um, this is how what I remember of how it all started. So uh, Binance, I think it was, dumped all their FTX tokens and then it forced uh uh ftx to like they lost a ton of money and then that's what ignited everything and it was like a play to like buy out ftx and then they changed their mind and then just ftx went under um that's what i understand is that right yeah well it's like i'm not sure if they're playing like 4d chess or if it was just like gross misconduct right because uh yeah. basically cz like if he did this this was like a crazy you know art of war type of move if he did kind of mastermind this but yeah so all these exchanges have to have to work together in some capacity right for different liquidity for example like uh binance uses like usdt as like their main like collateral for whales right and um, some other platforms maybe use die or uh usdc like circles uh payment program so the the biggest thing to watch out for how do i say this i don't want to say the wrong thing I, I I lost my spot. Oh shit! Yeah, you, you're you're always uh, careful about the words you choose, man. You're you're really good at, at just like being very clear with that. But like, okay, so this reminds me because we've had a lot of conversations throughout the whole year and a half, two years. Um, and like, I have this chart over here. I keep referring to Tulip Mania, and I always think, okay, 1999, and like, what are the big events? And um, this seems like one of the big events of this whole uh mania the crypto mania you know there was it was the wild west now we had um which ftx the, what was the other one the other one that um the other crazy voyager. one celsius voyager, voyager. celsius we did a podcast on it um damn the other crazy crash uh luna uh, it's like every week luna. so it's hard to keep up with oh, oh yeah. luna oh the luna collapse <laughs> yeah yeah so like, like every other week in crypto something crazy happened but the ones that I remember, because I'm not in crypto, the ones that, that stuck out to me was, well, this one for sure, because it's a crazy story. Uh, this is probably like, the what, biggest one. This is the biggest one. And then Lu Luna was one that that was like, I don't know, I found that pretty big. But this one was in is, is super interesting, too, because a lot of people that like big names really believed in this. Like I see like Kevin O'Leary, uh, Tom Brady. You know, I saw like some hedge fund managers come out, some really, really credible hedge fund managers lost a lot. 
when I was at the hedge fund conference in Vegas earlier in the year, they were talking about nonstop about crypto funds and cryptos and then, you know, hedge fund managers need to start getting crypto fund. And I'm pretty sure they all lost a lot on this one, you know? So it's, it's just because, like, what, yeah. Well, it's just one of those things where like, um, when you're only looking at it from a monetary perspective, you can easily lose your shirt because, you know, the blockchain wasn't created only for financial transactions, right? It's, it's data sovereignty. It allows you to hold your own assets, allows you to be in control of your assets. And that's why I preach so much about using self-custody, having a cold storage a ledger, having, you know, being, knowing how to use these things. All you had to do was be in my Discord. I sent the message and say, oh, just take your money from FTX, send it to your ledger. One step could have got it done in five minutes. All these hedge funds managers would have saved massive amounts of money. But it's one of those things where if you only care about the dollar price, you don't care to learn these little things. And then you end up with situations like this, in my opinion. Yeah. And uh, just, just so everyone knows, Justin and I did an hour long a podcast where he takes me step by step of how to put it and put my crypto in cold storage. Anyway. I think that goes to show you too that like there is a solution to all this, which is cold storage. Like the the whole space is real. All these, a lot of these assets are. I mean, not a lot, but like there's a few of them that are going to be there for a long term. Like just this is what I learned from crypto. Just like in the dot com era, we had Amazon, Microsoft, uh, a couple of others stick around, and we didn't even know what the internet was. Now, now look, we're doing everything on the internet. Um, we couldn't envision it back then. And so like this stuff is still. You know, it's like you gotta, you gotta place yourself at, the, at look like at the right spot. You know, where where you have everything in cold storage. You, you know, you gotta do things the right way. If you depend on Sandbank and Freed or Coinbase or whatever, you know, something crazy can happen. And um, and and yeah, you know, so it's not regulated. Everything is still brand new. Um, speaking about what that, the, like, what the biggest, what's that? I was just gonna say, like, um. One of the like biggest things, it was just kind of like, it's not the technology. It wasn't anything to do with crypto or anything to do with blockchain that messed up. It was just a human person being greedy, right? It was just yeah. a bad actor. And so yeah. that's one thing. It's like, obviously, crypto has a big stain on it right now because of everything that's going on. But like, if you really boil it down, it wasn't a crypto problem at all. It wasn't a blockchain problem at all. It's the same type of idea. Like, you know, if you work at uh, Bank of America and you're using all customers' deposits and you said you're not, and all of a sudden, you know, you lose your shirt. Like, it's the same situation. It just happens to be in the crypto industry. So it's even, you know, everyone's piling on. Yeah. And and just to start to wrap it up, because I know, Justin, you got to get going. But OK, so for my first observation, man, like history really rhymes, bro. Oh, my God. So like <laughs> it, it, in the early 90s or uh, no late 2000s, we had Enron, the, the whole fraud of Enron. Enron. And the Houston Astros, the baseball team, and I cover this in an old podcast, like they named the field Enron Field. So it's always like a sign of the top when a, when a, when a stadium is named. Then FTX, then we had, um, you know, it's, it's crazy. And so that, that repeated right there, Enron Field, FTX, Ar Arena. We have Crypto.com Arena. Uh, so, you know, the guy, well, I'm not sure of his name, but the guy they brought in to run Enron and kind of fix that whole mess. It's the same guy they brought in for the FTX situation. It's crazy, and man. And he actually he, he put out a statement saying this is far worse than the Enron situation. That's which crazy. Is crazy. And and then on top of that, so like the the Forbes magazine, when you have someone on the Forbes magazine or all these magazines, that's a red flag. So they had the Theranos lady on the Forbes magazine cover, Sam Bankman Fried on the Forbes magazine cover, all these covers 
Um, and you know, you, you name it, you know, it's just like signs of the top are always, it's human nature. You know what I mean? I read these old books from like 1920 on the, on the stock market. It's like, it brings goosebumps when I'm reading. I'm like, Oh my God, it's the same. It's like the human behavior is the same. So this is like at a, at a larger scale, human behavior. So I don't know, man, it's just really interesting stuff. And that's why like, it's 1999. Like we knew we, we, we talked about this for a long time. It's hard to imagine yourself in it. It's like, man, you know, you got to prepare yourself. This is like we're in the bubble again. How do you prepare yourself? You don't, you wait, you you average. What, what do you call um dollar cost average? Dollar cost average, you know, because because like you got to prepare to to ride the whole thing out. You got you, the person, the last man standing wins. So um, exactly, and I think yeah. that's really like a test. It's like these things will continue to test you. But what I've been saying to everyone is the technology hasn't changed. And like I said, it wasn't an issue with crypto. It was, like you said, human behavior, right? So as long as you, for me personally, obviously not financial advice, but for me personally, it's like, as long as I still have the same thesis with the same mindset, the same goal at the end, it's like, this is just another bump along the road. And I've been using it as an opportunity. The more people that are thinking that it's just, it's ending, I I don't agree with them. Um, but I, yeah, I do have to run. Uh, yeah, I absolutely, man. I'm writing a, I'm writing a report when I get back. So maybe we could hop on and have a, a more detailed call about it. Yeah, and I, yeah, I think you're doing the subsec. Is that what you're doing? What did you say? The subsec report. Is that what it is, or or like? Oh, never mind. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. All right, Justin. Well, I'll see you later. Thanks for coming on. All right, bye. That concludes today's episode. Make sure to like and subscribe to the channel on the platform you use. The Friendly Bear Podcast is hosted by me, David, where you can find me on Twitter at reverse underscore long. You can find the Friendly Bear Podcast at www.thefriendlybearpodcast.com, as well as on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, Amazon Music, and now on YouTube at Friendly Bear Research. Until next time, thank you for listening to the Friendly Bear Podcast.